is the Vinny White Show. Welcome to a long overdue Vinnie White podcast. My name is Vinnie White and I am a radio host, at least I was a radio host, uh, living and working now in London. I was, I was a radio host in Canada uh, and about a year ago I moved to London, to be exact. Uh, since then, I'm, I haven't got on the radio. I think I probably will, but um, in the meantime I've been setting up a few businesses here in London and some have actually been half successful. Check me out. I'm on the roof, actually, of a office building in central London, overlooking the Gherkin. I'm up here because it's bloody hot. Has been for months. I know. Heat wave. Loving it. Planet's dying, but you know, short term, tip top. Uh, I haven't done a podcast in ages, so in a moment we will get down to business. The last podcast I recorded for your audio joy and jubilation were from some travels in Africa. Um, This is the last podcast from Africa, even though I'm not there now. Um, Future podcasts will be coming soonish. But on this particular one, I finally got round to editing all the audio that I got whilst I was in Africa, and this will be the last Ghana edition. So first we'll catch up with Charlie, a man that's been walking from Europe to Africa, where he is now, uh, for just, you know, three years. Um, and we will cut up and play some of that really weird audio. The audio that you're going to hear is from Charlie and I and another couple of people going to church in the middle of the night to see how the Ghanaians worship, slash party, slash donate money, slash occasionally faint. Uh, We also talk about voodoo and find out exactly where Charlie is now and what he's up to. Um, as for me, all things are good. As I say, I've set up a couple of businesses here. They seem to be doing reasonably well. Uh, I'm not making big bucks, but I think I'm doing okay. And London's great. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so more in future podcasts about that, but let's wrap up this whole Africa thing now. You are about to hear Vinnie White in Africa, in Ghana to be exact, the last part, part four of four. You lucky bastards. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Listen, listen. One minute, one minute, one minute. Who baby at this show? And who baby at this show? to check in with my friend Charlie. I met him on the side of the road wandering along in, at the time, he was in Ghana. He has since been through Ghana. He's gone through Togo and he's now in a small country called Benin, famous for voodoo. Hello, Charlie. Hi, Vinny. First of all, you are in Benin, is it? Yeah, yeah, Benin. What's it called? Kotio? Kotosu? Kotonou. The capital. Okay. Do I get a point? Uh, well, for that? it's not really the capital. The capital is called Porto Novo, but the the biggest city and where everything is going down that is in Cotonou. Ah, I see. Okay, I definitely don't get a point for that. So you are wandering around as always. Uh, next stop, Nigeria, and then you start heading across the continent of Africa to your final stop of Tanzania. Just to remind people what you're doing. It's a project called Walking for Water, and uh, it started almost three years ago. In a week from now, it will be three years ago, I started walking from uh, Denmark 
Then I've been walking down through Europe and Africa, pretty much along the west coast all the way. And uh, I am now in Benin. Mm. And uh, 11 countries ahead of me before I reach my final goal of Tanzania. Benin is country number 19. And um, he's been making videos along the way, shining a light on various necessary water projects. The journey is called Walking for Water because I'm raising money for water projects. In each country I come to, I find a local organization in the water sector. Lack of accessibility to clean water is a, is a big problem in uh, all of Africa, actually. And uh, it's a very basic need, you know. If you don't have water, you cannot really focus on much else. So if you don't have water nearby, you might have to spend the whole day go out walking to get water. That is time you cannot use going to school or earning money, uh, other things that you need to improve your life in any way. So I'm trying to find the communities that don't have access to clean water and then to raise money to build wells so they can have clean water nearby. And uh, the way I do that is by undertaking this long journey, walking Denmark to Tanzania, then raise media attention on it. Because uh, the story itself that I am that I am walking and, and sleeping in the bush uh, through Africa is interesting enough for the media in all the countries here to take it up and to give me some television time and radio time and write about it in the newspapers. And this uh, advertisement uh, I can use to promote different brands who will in turn uh, sponsor these uh, water systems that I want to build. So and if you're uh, a company, perhaps an international company that wants to be recognized for doing good, why not sponsor Charlie on his mission, raise some money and do some good for the world? It's your duty. Exactly. Walkingforwater.dk that was a bit rubbish. Walkingforwater.dk One more time. Walkingforwater.dk I'm going to move on from there because um, I wanted to talk to you briefly about the last time I saw you. So I have found some audio recordings of the night. The night involved a church. And a lot of people think, well, if they went to church, they probably went on a Sunday morning. When did we go to church? Why did we go? And what happened? When we met, it was uh, in Accra, in Ghana. We met for, for a late dinner, I think, about 8 o'clock or something in the evening. And I was together with, uh, with my friend's host and with an American guy we, we had met that evening. And um, you dumped in and we had a great time together and drank some beers and some rum and uh, had a good time. And... Uh, then we decided we wanted to go to check out one of these uh, local churches because in, in Ghana there is a lot of churches and there is a lot of, of prophets, self-proclaimed prophets. And you see billboards along the road with, with prophets who promise a lot of things they can oh, do they good for people. they promise a lot people. of things, healing, taking away crutches, <laughs> repairing site, you name it. I remember the point that we came up with this idea, or you came up with this idea, I'd been out for dinner with you. We'd had a few beers, as you say. Oh, even though Accra's a bit of a dusty, sometimes poverty-stricken town, we were on the roof of a luxury apartment drinking rum and ice next to a swimming pool when you said, <laughs> why don't we go to church now at two in the morning? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I had I had wanted to to uh, see uh, one of these uh, night services for some time just to experience what uh, what it's all about, you know. So we went to one of these services with one of the prophets, and this uh, night service has been from from uh, 9 p.m. and it will last until four in the morning. Okay, here we go. I am officially recording. Where are we? We are at church. Um, we're ready to catch the uh, spirit, ready to catch the Holy Ghost. What time is it? Just buy us some uh, tick tacks. 2.17 a.m. We're ready to uh, really uh, get spiritual. We're in a very religious country and we are going to sample the beauty, and it is beautiful, yeah. of a live band, by the sound of it. And Oh, I can see people. Uh, Where? Up there. Up there yeah. Oh, is it up there? It's above a bank. What does that say? Hmm? Where is he gone to? He's gone to get Tic Tac because he doesn't want smelly breath. He's being very respectful. Oh, it's still going, isn't it? Oh, it's going. My, my house help called me one day on Monday. He was like, I had service all night. I'm tired. I'm not coming. Like, uh, I can't come to work because I've been too religious. Yes. Been out here worshiping. And I was like, uh, do you think this is what my employer would accept as an excuse? Like, I'm yeah, but here. you know, when the crop comes all healthy, you can thank them for praising the Lord. <laughs> Stay awake for Jesus, so that's okay, right? So he probably expected that. Like, that's a really good get out of jail free card. So can you imagine, like, you living nearby? Like times three. Is that what you had? Yes. And it was not inside, it was outside. Oh, fuck that. And it happened like my walls were literally shaking. And I'm, I'm going to kill somebody, like, if not the prophet himself, I'm going to give an example. Which would be a very ironic twist. But we dumped in about two o'clock in the night, and uh, we were four white people, and the only white people in the whole church that was really crowded. The prophets of God, the prophets of God is standing here, so when he moves, then I'll let you go. On Absolutely. Thank you so much. What was that? He said the, the big guy is going to come out any second. When he does, you can go in. Western countries, anyone up at this time of night needs alcohol or drugs. You've got to say, it's fantastic. None of them drink, none of them smoke, and they're all happy. You have political spheres and you have religious spheres, and this is the gathering. This is where lots of social issues are discussed, conjugal issues, community issues. Probably a, um, a bit of a form of gossip as well. A healthy gossip, you know. Oh, I saw Julie. They've had a difficult time, but they were back together, yeah. It's kind of like a soap opera. She said there, we meet and have drinks, but they meet at church. Yeah, good point. As soon as we arrived, we were moved up front and someone was kicked away from their seats and we were placed, yeah, right in front of the stage. Hello ladies, nice to see you. Oh, it's a packed house, huh?
and this uh, prophet was running around the state shouting about Jesus and Amen and, and pulling people up all the time, telling them like, I can see you are a sinner, but Jesus is with me here now and he forgives you. Break! Break! In the name of Jesus. Amen. Lady Brown, put out an altar for me. Come here. Are you, are you happy here? Yes, yes sir. Come on. Then he would sort of cast a spell or something, and, and these people would fall back over into the arms of, of, the, of the helpers of this priest. Lord, and and those, those helpers of the priest that were catching, catching falling women... Um, also had microphones, and quite often they'd shout Jesus in their microphones. Jesus! So you'd have Mr. Loud's pastor giving it the big one, and his uh, disciples throwing their bit in as well. Jesus! And it, it, was, it was loud, there was a band, so it was very musical, and everyone in the congregation was very, very vocal. So it was quite a show, it was very theatrical, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a lot of energy there. Break Jesus! I count for one, two. Point to come. Break! But a lot of good energy. I mean, people were happy, and I was thinking, wow, if it has had this energy level since nine o'clock, now it's two, they are still going strong. <laughs> they must really get some energy uh, from it, you know. Absolutely, you've got to give them credit where credit's due. I think the only mm-hmm. alcohol in the building was in our stomachs, and <laughs> everyone else it. had a lot more energy than us. Now, what was that bit? when they turned the cameras off because there was a camera that was focused on the front and that goes out to probably quite a few low budget religious tv channels in ghana i imagine also they had uh, a screen at the back for the congregation that couldn't see but i noticed at one point they turned the cameras off what happened then yeah well uh, then this priest was saying uh, this prophet was saying that all the women who uh, are not yet married and who wants to get married this year Come up to me now. And apparently uh, they knew what this was about because a big line of women will just be running up the aisle and up to to the prophet with money in their hand and just stuff his hand with money, just uh, grab his hand and let go of the bills. So they will just rain money down uh, to the floor around him where his servants will like wipe the money up into a box and, and store it out in the bag. Uh, this thing was not recorded on camera, but it was definitely going on. It was uh, quite interesting for all of us to see. Jesus! Obviously, being single in Ghana is not a lifestyle choice that you can continue for the rest of your life. Every single woman was running up to him. Quite often, they were, for want of a better word, punched in the forehead and thrown <laughs> onto the ground. It was quite expressive, wasn't it? I don't think he really punched them in the head. It was it was more like a uh, like the symbolism of something like an energy for going out of his hand, and maybe there was this energy throwing them over. Uh, who knows? But uh, it is also a possibility, of course, that they believe so much in it uh, that they just uh, fall over by themselves. You know, basic cold reading skills as well, because quite often he was making predictions about them and their families. Sometimes coming up with their name and. 
but I noticed there was a couple of bits where he just said, uh, yeah, I think you're going to get cancer unless you believe in God a bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did predict some uh, people who were going to get very ill or even to die. But uh, since uh, Jesus was present with him on this night, he... Uh, you will make sure that that didn't happen. Here, the pastor half guesses a woman's name, Rahina. She's almost definitely already told one of his helpers her name. So was it a guess? And she may well have also passed on the fact that she's worried that she's got hepatitis B. Or is this magic? No. I see something like hepatitis B. And I saw a name, uh, uh, I saw that they were giving a report, and I saw, is it Rahan, Raham, Raham, Raham? Rahina. Listen, you would have, they would have told you that you have hepatitis B. But that is not your report. Mm -hmm. That would have been somebody else's report given to you. Jesus. Everybody walking in other person's bless. I pray for that God. A woman there being told not to worry about the fact she has hepatitis B because they mixed up the report in the hospital, meaning she's fine. And some other poor bastard has hepatitis B. Maddeningly unscientific and grotesquely irresponsible. From there, we go to a woman that's been told she will die an untimely death by heart attack. So if we don't pray for this lady, she will die untimely by heart attack. Jesus. Untimely. I see someone who's ready to eat up or drop on time. Deliver this young Amen. Here, we hear the pastor call a woman cute before revealing that he's had a premonition. She will die of kidney failure. So, best get it checked out. And meanwhile, here's what any doctor would prescribe for a kidney issue. Some olive oil on your head. How are you? Fine, thank you. You are cute. Thank you. Right, in a reference period, they want to give you a kidney. And don't joke with me. If you live here, go and do a kidney test. Check if all is okay. If all is not okay, come and tell me. Okay. Because I saw that this lady would die. And the report to be that she died out of kidney failure. I saw premature death for you. And I saw that you died through kidney. But that cannot be a question. You are too young to die by any chronic or terminal As I pour this oil on you, may Jehovah God, may the oil upon my life protect you from every offense. Jesus! <laughs> Well, that's the, uh, the nature of these small communities. You can't really choose not to be religious when all your family and friends are, and it seems quite inappropriate to do so. So, without getting too bogged down in that, what happened to us towards the end? We were not going to stay there the whole night anyway, but uh, it was also kind of rude to just stand up and, and leave because uh, all the focus will be on us again. And he was in the middle of something that, that had a lot of importance to, to the people he was involved with, you know. So we wouldn't just stand up and walk out on that without getting permission to do that because we were seated up all the way up at the stage and cameras running and all that. But you had to catch a, a plane home to the UK, right? So uh, we were also kind of busy to get out. 
We tried to catch eye contact with him to alarm him that we were about to leave, but uh, without success. So uh, at some point you couldn't wait anymore and you just st- stood up and started walking out. And I guess you were expecting us to to just follow uh, your lead. Yep, I was but, very, uh... very faithful that you're all behind me like little disciples. <laughs> but no, you were there, yeah. still sat at the front. I went outside thinking, never mind, these were nice guys, but I've got to go. I better get in a cab. And suddenly realised, A, there wasn't any cabs, and B, all my bags were in the car of the French girl. I've just witnessed extortion through brainwashing. The money that was offered by poor people in cash on the floor during that proceeding. I'm sure it wasn't a great deal of money, but it was a great deal of money, more than can be afforded by the average residents of Accra in Ghana. Now I'm in a bit of a difficult position because there's a Danish man that's walking across Africa, his French friend, an American who I've spent a wonderful evening with, and they're still in the church. And I've got to go to the airport, but the problem is that my bag with all of my belongings is in her car. So unless they come out quickly, I'm in the unfortunate position of having to walk into a full church at yeah, 3.20 in the morning to go and ask them to immediately leave to get my bags out. Now, hopefully, she'll be out any second. Obviously, it's quite difficult to leave. So I couldn't leave. So I had to come back in. He's going to He's waiting for your, your, your friend. <laughs> And then when I came back in, I actually couldn't believe my eyes. Not only were they still on the front row, but they were now on their knees covered in oil. While you were going out, I think you caught the attention. Yeah, and then the pastor went to us and he wanted to to give his blessing before we went out because we told him we have to go, our friend have to go to the airport, blah, blah, blah. So uh, he wanted to to give us his blessing before we went out. So uh, we went down on our knees and he had this uh, bottle with uh, holy oil that he uh, poured in our faces and and prayed for us. And in that moment, you came in. I can imagine you must have thought it was a weird situation going on. But it was either a bit way, weird, yeah. It was even weirder when I was forced to my knees and he poured half a bottle of olive oil over my head. <laughs> oh, boys. Yeah. I've got to go in three minutes. Father, I don't know why you brought them here, but I lay my hands and I put my hands on you. That you'll be great. You shall be a solution. I protect you from every evil in the name of the Lord Jesus. Your heart desires and that with the Lord are set up by you. May come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. So God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Beautiful. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Aren't we rising?
Bless you. Already up. There we Bless you. Bless you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going be dumb. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's beautiful. Holy. That church is an international church. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Fantastic. I walk out thinking I'll get a cab and then I realise everything's in your fucking boot. So I'm like, oh, I've got to go back in. I walk upstairs, he's like, hey, we've been waiting for you. Come with me. I'm like, oh, and there's you on your fucking knees at the front, covered in fucking oil. <laughs> God, I admit, Charlie, I did not imagine this. But at least you got your blessing, right? And the plane didn't crash on your way home, so I guess it worked. Yep, exactly. That's, that's right, buddy. That's how it works. <laughs> Jesus. Great blast, and I thank you for what I can only describe as an experience I will never forget. Um, quite a lot of money exchanged hands, um, but there was, in fairness, sheer joy, jubilation, and amazing music. And so uh, it wasn't... Yeah. My, my cynical mind thinks of religion in a slightly questionable light, but it was an amazing place to be, wasn't it? It was. It was definitely an experience to, uh, to take along, and I think it, it also gave me some some understanding of what it is exactly these people believe in because people are extremely religious uh, in Ghana and in many of these African countries. And it's, it's, it's quite interesting because they're also very poor, right? Yeah. But they spend huge amounts of money on yeah, profits like this and also weddings and funerals and anything connected to the church. And uh, that is maybe somewhat controversial.
left Ghana, you've carried on walking, you've been through Togo, you've now hit Benin. Benin, I believe, is one of the most voodoo countries, if not the most voodoo countries in Africa, isn't it? Yeah, they say that Benin is the cradle of voodoo. Uh, this is where it all originates from. Um, so I'm generally very interested in, in religion, especially in the traditional beliefs throughout Africa. Yeah. So of course, uh, voodoo being maybe the most uh, well-known African religion, traditional religion, it is, it is something that I was very interested to learn more about when I came here. So um, two weeks ago, I went up to uh, a city called Wida, where it all happens, uh, where, where most of the voodoo is happening. And I went there to uh, some ceremonies and uh, some voodoo temples to learn more about it. But I must say that it's really complex culture to just learn about in a few days, because it's not like Islam and Christianity uh, that things are written down. It is all passed on from mouth to mouth through hundreds of years, you know. They're keeping it close to the body. It's not something that, that they just want to talk with everybody about. You can find some, some touristic things. There is, for example, a Python temple where people are, are swearing to the python, the divine of the python. They're so, swearing um, to a python? This, the python snake is holy in voodoo. So, um, nobody will kill a python snake. In Africa, usually people hate snakes. They kill a snake if they see them, but not a python because that's a holy animal. So if they find a python, they will take it and bring it to the voodoo temple. And then what? Well, then it, it lives there. There's this room full of snakes and you oh. can wear a python around your neck and all this stuff. They pray to them. They sacrifice things to them. I think I prefer so India. A... I'm less threatened by a cow than a snake. <laughs> yeah. Those pythons that they have there uh, were harmless. And they actually let them out in town sometimes. Oh. They uh, let them out on the street and they will go around and then they will come back to the temple again. In this voodoo culture, it is not one God as in Christianity and Islam. It is many different divines. And basically they are all originating from, from nature itself. We have the four elements of nature, of fire, water, wind and earth. And then there is maybe uh, 40 or, or even more divines that are in subcategories under these four elements. So if you want, uh, if you miss rain for your fields, you will pray to the divine of thunder and sacrifice to him. So he can get, let it start to rain, you know. And if the you god are, of thunder, that's not entirely example, different from your neck of the woods, the Norse gods, is it? No, it's, it's similar. I think that uh, most traditional societies before Christianity or Islam uh, came had several gods. It's the same in the old uh, Egyptian mythology and Greece mythology and of course also the Norse mythology, different gods. So you see small shrines everywhere here in, in Benin where people can can pray and sacrifice to, to the different divines according to, to what they need help with or uh, protection from. Christianity is big in that part of Africa. Does it not contradict the whole voodoo thing a bit? No, that is actually one of the beautiful things of this part of Africa. Everybody seems to get very well along. There are many people who are both Christians or Muslims, but who are also practicing the voodoo beliefs. Just in front of this Python temple, for example, there, there is the big cathedral, Christian cathedral in Wida. Mm. And uh, we were told that many people, they will go directly from the church to the temple to, to kind of be fully covered, you know. 
Oh, amazing. But it's pick and I mix religions. Yeah, pretty much. And, um, inspiring in, in all the African countries I've been to, to so far. I know it's not like that in all African countries. For example, the Central African Republic, uh, Christians and Muslims are killing each other, right? But in all the countries I've been anyway, people seem to live together in harmony and just respecting each other's religions, you know. Speaking of traditional beliefs, in the voodoo world, is there a head of that church? Oh, yeah, there is a, something like a pope, a voodoo pope, which I also went to visit in Wida. Yeah. It reminded me of of, of uh, a medieval uh, Europe. He, he have his servants who are kneeling down for him, passing him the things he needs, and <laughs> he will be asked to, yes, now you can state your case. <laughs> big room, you know, you have a big head and big costume, and uh, very interesting really? uh, to talk to this throne. guy. Did you have to give him and some the, money, or did, did you have to give the authority some sort of money? Yeah, I had to pay for this audience. I did. Mm. How much did you pay? Ooh, I think I paid uh, 10,000 CFA. It's this, uh, what, what do you have, pounds? In yeah, that'll do. Where you come from. So it's it's, it's about 10 pounds. Ooh, that's Which is a cheap. lot of money. Yeah. In. That's a lot of money. Have you drunk any monkey brains or injected yourself with <laughs> <laughs> any rabbits? No, there is a several things you can do if you are a devotee and the voodoo to 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 sort of uh, show your dedication to to whatever divine you want to follow and i thought this was quite interesting um and since what i'm working with is water and trying to get people water i thought it would be nice to 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 pray to the to the water god and this is uh, symbolized by the crocodile and this crocodile, the followers of the crocodile have uh, scars. Uh, all the different divines have different scarifications. So if you are devoted to, for example, the python, then you will have five scars in your head, two on the forehead, two on the chin, and two down on the cheekbone in both sides. You don't have to get the scars in your face. You just have to get them on your body. I think it was uh, six on the front side of the torso and four on the back side of the torso. And I thought that that was actually kind of cool, you know. I want to be open to these spiritual things. I, I'm, I'm very interested in in creating a connection to whatever things there might be out there, if there is something. And I think to be able to do that, you have to also be open to it. And um, I think also it would just be sort of a nice kind of tattoo to have you. Hang on a minute. No, are you telling me that you're going to let it's a unique. voodoo? It's bearing a story. Are you telling me that you're going to let a voodoo pope cut you on the front of the body and the back of the body? And indeed, I think they sometimes put charcoal in the cuts so they're visible forever. Yeah, yeah. There, there, it's a bigger ceremony. You have to to do uh, a lot of different things, and they Charlie, put charcoal into it, the cuts. You? No, I, I actually, I, I wanted to do that. I asked the voodoo pope what he thought about that. If he thought it would be a good idea, he actually said he will not let me do that. Because um, for some people, it will be a good thing. If you are really a devotee, then it's a good thing. You get a stronger connection to the spirits by doing it. But you really have to upkeep it. You you have to be much more in it, you know, mm. than, than I will probably be. And on the same time, by doing this, you're opening your body up for evil 
evil spirits as well, so they can easily, more easily enter you. So he strongly advised me not to get that done. So I listened to his advice and I didn't get it done. So basically, if you're going to be into voodoo, you can't be a part-time voodooer. You've got to be pretty much in this for the whole duration of your life. Well, Charlie, I'm going to have to leave you to it. Just remind us where you're going next. <laughs> well, I'm going to Nigeria next, and I'm considering actually to stay there for some time because uh, all the walking for water stuff is completely volunteer. I don't earn any money on that, and I'm, I'm, I'm earning a little bit by freelancing, uh, freelance journalist jobs, but uh, I'm spending more than I use, and it's disturbing for the project that I all the time have to to think about uh, uh, selling articles and and stuff like that. So I'm actually looking for vacancies right now in Nigeria. So maybe if I find something good, I will stay there for a year or so just to make a saving and then continue uh, the journey afterwards. So wow. I might be hanging around in Nigeria for, for a long time, but if I don't find a job, I just continue as normal. So Nobody knows with you. It is, uh, it's quite a journey. All right, so what, if, if you do uh, Nigeria <laughs> for a year, where's next? Then next will be uh, Cameroon, and then uh, Equatorial Guinea, Gabon, uh, Congo, where Ebola just had broken out again, actually. So if that doesn't stop before I reach there, then I might might have to, to go south of, uh, of DRC. All right. And then it will be Burundi, Rwanda. Rwanda? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uganda, Kenya, and then finally Tanzania. My journey ends. Mate, you're on it. Okay, I'm going to let you go. Uh, it's been good. I wish you well. Don't do anything too crazy, although you are already debating cutting your body open, so you already uh, <laughs> might be too late for that one. Um, keep walking, mate, and I'll catch well, up with you again another time. Yeah, always a pleasure, Vinny. Take care. prodigy you have been listening to a vinnie white podcast thank you so much to anna and nathan who i met that night and charlie who I only met about a week or two before whilst traveling around on my own in ghana uh, if you take anything from this i would like you to take this message are you thinking of traveling are you thinking that there's lots of things in your way like money and safety and should you leave the dog at home or what about those mortgage repayments or will work be upset or maybe in a couple of years once I've got this big pointless thing out of the way. If you're thinking about going travelling, have a look down at your feet right now and uh, what you need to do is put lots of weight on them until you get into a standing position. If you're already standing, just uh, start moving them in a position of which they walk to the airport and fuck off. There might be a few logistics to sort out, like train tickets and time off and plane tickets and getting a 
very cheap and extremely patient babysitter. But what I'm saying is, basically, it can be done, generally speaking. If you've got kids, I appreciate it. That's probably a little trickier. But uh, but it can be done. And if you haven't been travelling before and you're listening to this thinking, God, this guy's lucky. I'm not really. I just sort of have the perfect blend of guts and stupidity to get me in these ridiculous situations. And you can too. So there you are. Um, I hope this has been uh, an interesting podcast. These podcasts are going to change a little bit, and I don't know how. I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen. I want to keep doing them, um, but I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm not doing them as much as I should, and I think they might have to reformat a bit. So um, look out for some changes, uh, but they will continue. Do not fear. Vinny is not quite as much as he used to be, but sometimes here. Charlie, who you heard in this podcast, has now managed to walk his way to Lagos, Nigeria. He continues his massive mega journey. Go on, bung him a fiver, or at least a couple of little euros, quid, dollars, whatever it might be. Walkingforwater.dk. If you enjoyed this podcast, sponsor Charlie, walkingforwater.dk. Uh, Donald Trump's a cunt. We managed to get through the entire podcast without saying that, so let's just uh, let's just make sure I pop that one in and uh, was very diplomatic and reasonable about it. And uh, you, my friend, are just a wonderful person. And don't forget, next time you think, oh my God, what am I doing in life? No one else knows. You're fine. We're all winging it somehow. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.